When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. So the man needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to a Tuesday edition of the Managing Madrid podcast. This is El Dia Después, two days after, not one day, two days after Real Madrid draw against Real Betis at Benito Villamarín. Lucas Navarrete is joining me, Kian Subani, to talk about uh, whatever it is we're going to figure out to talk about on a Tuesday. Because it's not too busy. We might we might do a quick one here. We'll just go over some state of affairs and, and call it a day. Lucas, you and I have not spoken about this, though. Last night... My Raptors played against your Nuggets. Yes, sir. And I have controversial actually... one also. What's that? Controversial game also. You didn't. You didn't see anything. You said it, not me. Um, I actually haven't watched it. I just heard and I read a <laughs> yeah. little bit. So, what do you have to yeah. say for yourself showing up here, the Denver Negreras <laughs> over here? Ah, <laughs> come on, come on. Nah, in, in a few controversial calls by the end. Uh, no, no. Um, there's no nothing to say about the, that. That's definitely fair to say uh, if you're a Toronto, uh, Toronto Raptors fan. I think the first uh, challenge uh, by Denver. I, I if you have not watched it, and I won't go into much detail, but there's a challenge, a successful challenge from the Denver uh, coach um, after a foul called on on Jokic, a shooting foul which would have put uh, Toronto ahead by by one point had the two free throws been converted. I think challenge is right uh, to be successful. I think that call in particular was fine, but there's another call later on, and obviously uh, the 
the Scotty Barnes ejection and all that, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's definitely a bit uh, soft of an, uh, of an ejection, in my opinion. You don't want to see a player ejected for arguing with the referee in the final 30 seconds of a game. It's just, it was definitely a bit soft. I'll have to look over it for myself. I will say um, it sounds good to me that the Raptors went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the league. That's cool. Maybe a, a solid, solid little good sign here because all the Raptor fans were so worried, including me. Why are we not um, going in the opposite direction and trying to uh, retool for the future? Given that yeah. this team is yeah. clearly not going to beat like the Bucks or Celtics in the first round. Yeah. So what are we doing here? But at least we went toe to toe with the Nuggets, who were not missing anyone. Jokic was there. Murray was there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's true that the effort from from Jokic in particular were was not there. The numbers were still there. It was one assist uh, shy from double double, I think. But it's true that you know don't get your hopes uh, up too much because I think the effort from from them was uh, super this one. It's true that you know Van Bleed played great and Siakam also was great down the road and as well. But it's I don't think Denver played the, at their very best in this one. I think they took the Raptors a little bit lightly and uh, forgot it. Um, for those of you guys who are still on the call with us to um, <laughs> wait it out as we get to Real Madrid. Lucas, were you disappointed in terms of? I'm mean, look to me, the league is over anyway. Um, mm-hmm. and the fact that Barcelona got past Valencia, even the way they did, um, to me is like kind of an omen that these guys are going to win the league anyway. But where are you in terms of Real Madrid's performances of late? The league is. I'm sure you've conceded that the league is over, yeah. and. Do you were you like given the fact that we basically believe that that's true? Are you kind of in the mode that maybe we should just really focus on Champions League and then dropping a couple of points against Betis is not a huge deal anyway? Given the fact that we've already lost the league, I think La Liga is over now. I still would have liked to Real Madrid to win and like I don't know, try until February maybe like try until game at the Camp Nou. And, and let that game be the decider. If you go to that game, make it to four points, I like your chances with uh, just trading by four points. So it's, to me, it's over now, but it wasn't over when the uh, when the game started against Betis. So to me, it's, uh, it's definitely trading one because that I would have liked Real to at least play it out until the, until the game at the Camp Nou. And see what happens there. Try to win that one, cut the lead down to four, and see what happens after. But usually now I think it's over, and so I, I think the 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 draw against Betis was a was a frustrating one for me for that reason. Um, I'd like to bring something to your attention and just at least get your thoughts on this. I was I've thinking been thinking a lot the past couple of days about how this has never been done before. There's, you know, no, we've never come back from nine-point deficit, especially at this stage of the season. It's looking so unlikely to me. And there's this kind of weird thing that's been happening of late, and I feel like it's just going to keep happening, is that there's like the tiniest, tiniest glimmer of hope that maybe, you know, 
Well, Barca are going to go to San Mames this weekend. Dembele is not there. Uh, isn't Araujo injured, I think? Or suspended. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they lose against San Mames, and then we can beat them in the Clásico. Now, all of a sudden, we can get it to three points. I just feel like these little, little, little glimmers of hope are actually bad for us. Because it's like every we, we have this tiny window open. We think maybe there's a chance. we got to keep fighting with Real Madrid until the death. And the more we do this, the more Vinicius, the more minutes Vinicius has to play, the more minutes Benzema has to play. Um, and I just wonder how much it actually hurts our Champions League run. And I just almost wonder, should we... At some point, is it actually better for us that this for this just to be mathematically over so that we don't have to overexert some of our senior players? I mean, this is a classic problem that when you go deep into three competitions, it hurts you in all three competitions. You spread yourself thin. And I just, I just don't think we have the depth to do this right now. I know we are Real Madrid. We have to fight to the death. And I don't, I don't really blame anyone for doing that or approaching it that way. But I do wonder if this is actually a disservice to us in some ways. What do you think? Uh, I have conflicting thoughts. I think, I think that, look, opinion. Only one player, the only two players, really, who you cannot basically afford to rotate. Or maybe one because of Vasquez. The only one is probably Benzema. So this uh, saying of. Uh, Oh, this will be better because we get to, to manage legs of Cross, Modric, Benzema, Vinicius more properly and all that. To me, it's nonsense. To me, well, not nonsense, but to me, you know, Ancelotti has the option to play other guys in the midfield to rotate and to keep everyone fresh. Just the thing here is that he refuses to do it. He ref- I, I just did not see coming the fact that Ceballos didn't. A start against Betis. It just, uh, it was mind blowing to me. I just uh, don't look at this point in the season, at uh, this point, and considering the way Real Madrid have played of late and, you know, the issues Real Madrid are having in the midfield and all that, I just think Ceballos probably deserves more minutes than, than, than Cross at this point. I think Real Madrid is reaching a point where they have to definitely make a decision about cross Modric, Ceballos, Camavinga and the pecking order for that spot. Look, I think they do have to make a decision about the future of cross Modric. And, and to me, right now, the way Ancelotti is handling the situation, you have to wonder if Ceballos actually having some thoughts about, uh, about what his future his future looks like if he stays in in Madrid and obviously Rosa and Madrid decide to stay also. I have conflicting thoughts about what you say. I think that Real Madrid could have won the game against Betis, had the roster and you know had the the decisions and the playing style and the lineups and the substitutions being done more effectively. I don't think it was down to this is the way the roster Real Madrid have at the moment, and this is what it is, and we just have to make sure that these guys are healthy for the and uh, fresh for the Champions League. I think there could have some some things and some uh, decisions could have been done in a more efficient way to make sure that your chances of beating Betis were higher than they actually were on 
on, on Saturday, Sunday, Sunday, in my opinion. So, you know, the fact that Ancelotti keeps being <clears throat> a bit stubborn here and playing cross Modric whenever he has the chance uh, of playing them both is a bit frustrating to me because they clearly, they clearly need some time and some games off. Because otherwise, they're kind of taking the games off anyway, even if they play. Like, you can they, you can clearly see that they are pretty much sleepwalking in some games. And Real Madrid cannot afford to do that on a consistent basis in La Liga. So, you know, I'd rather have a player trying or trying their, or, or at least a fresh player being physical and being intense at all times rather than having the veterans kind of... Um, Playing in in autopilot in cruise control in order to be fresh and ready for for more important games in the Champions League. This is to me a bit uh, nonsense. So I'm I'm quite frustrated about the 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 draw against Betis. It's not I don't I don't see a silver lining in this draw, which is I think the point of your of your question. No, okay. So I I hear what you're saying, and I think maybe I should just rephrase what I'm saying too. I don't think that there's a silver lining in, in dropping points against Betis, nor am I saying necessarily to actively throw away the league, although I did say that yesterday on Churros, just in more of a joking tone. Let's just throw it away. The sooner we realize, the better. Focus on the Champions League. We actually have a decent chance at... Really quick. Yeah. What's what's throwing away La Liga for you? Um, Throwing away La Liga isn't actually throwing away La Liga. What I essentially am saying is that Let's rest some players who we absolutely need on the field in the Champions League. But that might actually increase your chances of winning in La Liga. Great. Then that's then that's exactly that's a, that's a good problem. Exactly. So basically, exactly. what I'm saying is like I'm throwing a scenario out here. We okay. got uh, who are we playing this weekend? Espanol. Espanol, yes. And then we have Liverpool after that. Um, bench Vinicius and Benzema for that game. Put Rodrigo on the mm-hmm. left and put Alvaro mm-hmm. up top. Mm-hmm. Worst comes to worse, we lose and La Liga's over anyway. Best case mm-hmm. scenario is that Alvaro gets a couple goals, Benzema gets rest, Vinicius gets rest, and we develop Alvaro a little bit more. I'd like to throw another scenario at you. Um, I've been thinking a lot about Carvajal lately because, you know... We can blame Carlo Ancelotti for many things, like the tactics, like the over-reliance on certain individuals, the predictability, benching Ceballos for the Clasico, not starting him against Betis, all that stuff you blame him for. You can't really blame him for not reinforcing you know, the squad in key areas that we need to reinforcing. Carvajal is a big one that is a huge liability. And I was like, Every time I see Carvajal, I just I see less and less of the version of Carvajal from five years ago. Yeah. And I was looking yeah. at the numbers today and something struck me because I'm writing about him a little bit today. Um his career lows, like with like anything that the ball at his feet. This season he has zero entries into the penalty area um with the ball. That's something that he does regularly a few years ago. He has at least one per game with the ball at his feet. Now we're talking about not even not only zero per game, zero total in the season. He hasn't had a single one. His a bunch of things are at an all-time low for his career. He's um his progressive passes, he's one of the worst in Europe in, in terms of in the fullback position right now. 
He's one of the worst in Europe's and successful take-ons. He's not taking anybody on. So he's just a shell of himself right now. And I was thinking about Vinicius Tobias a little bit. And I just want, the disclaimer is, I don't think Vinicius Tobias is actually ready. I've been seeing enough of him at Castillo to know that he's actually, in some ways, stylistically similar to Vinicius Jr. And that every time he has the ball, he has to dribble past somebody. He's raw, but he is physically impressive. He's fast and he can cover a lot of ground. I'd actually be curious just to like give him a look in one or two of these games. If not now, then as soon as it's like basically mathematically impossible to win the league, I'd like to see him at the A-team level because we have to make a decision on him this summer too, right? Yeah. Whether we want to yeah. trigger that because he's not cheap to trigger. What is it? Was it 16 15, million? 15? Yeah, 15, 16, yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see him give him a look. And uh, I'd just like us to try some things. Again, my argument has always been that if you want Carvajal to play like he did in, in the Champions League final, if you want Vinicius to play like he did against Liverpool in the first leg, keep in mind, two games before that Liverpool game, Vinicius was forced to rest because it was the Elche suspension. And I think that worked in our favor. We beat Elche 4-0 without him, and he looked amazing against Liverpool. If you want Benzema to be Benzema, if you want Modric to be Modric, if you want if you're gonna be, if you're absolutely hell bent on playing Mordech and Cruz together in these big games, and you want that to work, these guys can't be playing all these league games. So by actively throwing away, what I really mean is get these guys off the field and put these other guys on, and see what happens. Worst case scenario, you you lose a league you've already lost, and you see some things up close and make some decisions. And best case scenarios, these guys are amazing. And maybe they even claw you back into the league and you rest your star players. That's that's what I mean, yeah. essentially, by actively yeah. throwing the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and I agree with you. I agree with that. And I think that Real Madrid would... Look, I think Real Madrid would actually be better off with uh, these young, up-and-coming, intense players, say Camavinga, Ceballos is not so young anymore, but you get you get the point. Uh, I think they they are better off playing with them right now than they are with uh, the veterans uh, in cruise control for night in the staff, quote unquote, taking the opposition for granted in in La Liga on a consistent basis. I think that you know what Ancelotti <clears throat> Ancelotti probably feels like playing Ceballos at the Benito Villamarín is kind of throwing away La Liga. But in reality, in my opinion, it increases your chances of winning. So I, I just I I just don't see it. I think Ancelotti is being a bit too stubborn with decisions. Uh, and the only the only two positions I can actually uh, give him a pass for not rotating as often are the, the striker position there and the right back. Those are the only two. I th- I don't think I don't I think he has a player ready to rest Vinicius uh, or even compete for a spot in their starting eleven with Vinicius ready to play more often and that's Rodrigo. I think Rodrigo is ready to to replace Vinicius whenever Vinicius is tired and, and Ancelotti seems to feel like that position is as thin as the, as the forward position which is weird because I Rodrigo is definitely better than and more ready to play in that spot than, than Alvaro or Mariano are so I just uh, I I think Atlet is not using the, the the depth he has at his disposal 
in the best possible way. And I think that the only two spots can give him a pass for are the right back and the third or four and the center. Other than that, I think that he has the tools to be using the the, the depth uh, a lot more than than what he's been doing so far this season, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, you know, I would maybe this is a bit radical too, but I understand why this can happen, but I actually would even go as far as say I would incorporate several Castillo players. The only reason you can is because they're actually trying to make Segunda right now, and I understand that part of it. But if if that weren't the case, and if they weren't that good uh, as a collective, I'd start seeing what we have with Obradora left back. I don't think I'd... you're that desperate, though. I, I don't think you need to go down the pecking order as, as, as much as that. I think, again... The only two spots I can say, wow, we're thin there, man. Ancelotti has no options. It's quite possibly the right back. Now, because of the injuries, the left back and the center forward. Other than that, I think Real Madrid have options, man. With Valverde's ability to play multiple positions, you know, Asensio probably. I don't think Asensio has been so bad to drop him in favor of a Castilla player considering the circumstances. I think I think Asensio would be fine playing in these games against Betis and likes and see if he can score a goal. I know we're all different when, when Asensio starts, plays, and fails to score because you feel like, you feel, and that's right, that his production is pretty much ends there whenever he, he doesn't score. He fails to contribute in any other area when he's uh, not scoring. But again, <clears throat> I don't think Ancelotti has to go down that much as to take a look at what he has in Tia to give uh, the starters some rest. I think the op- the options for every single spot other than the, than the center forward and the right back are pretty much there. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I'm essentially advocating for several, just a few positions just like you are. Up front, right back, um, like you don't need to do anything in midfield you have enough midfielders to cover that um not on the right wing either yeah yeah so what i'm essentially saying you can get give more minutes to asensio again asensio is someone we've all been happy with in games like the upcoming against espanol those games are more than okay for him um there really there are three players in particular i'd be curious to see at the 18 level just to see what they look like more at the senior level um, one is Vinicius Tobias for reasons I've already mentioned. There are there are other players like that I'm interested in, like Rafa Marin, for example, but we don't need center back help right now. Um Obrador is another one because we have no left back, pure left back other than Mendy, and Mendy's been out and we haven't even seen him at the 18 level. He's a guy that's impressive that would um, enable Kamavinga to play midfield more. And um Arribas, obviously, and Alvaro, who's already getting minutes. So but again, the the challenge is that Castilla is also really good, and and they have to juggle juggle yeah. whatever is happening yeah. there. Um, you know what's funny is that we had we keep on saying five goals against Liverpool, and then not like only mm-hmm. one goal in the next three games. It wasn't just against Liverpool that we were in scoring form all of a sudden. I was looking at this in five games, going back to the Club World Cup. Al-Ahli, Al-Hilal, Elche, Osasuna, and Real Madrid. We scored um, 19 goals in those five games. 
we were on a good run. So it's kind of weird all of a sudden the drop off to Atletico, Barca, and Real Betis with some bad luck. But those are the also, with the exception of of Liverpool, those three the are biggest ones. So the best ones. Yeah. And the best ones. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you this complete 180. Do you expect anything to happen to Barcelona with the prosecutor's no, office now no, no, getting no, involved? No, 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 forget about it. No, 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 nothing will happen. I mean, I expect some kind of fine to Bartomeu, maybe go to third, maybe face uh, a small prison sentence, a potential small prison sentence, obviously, if everything is proven to be... Uh, create and all that, but in terms of Barcelona, again, in terms of Barcelona being relegated or facing any kind of uh, disciplinary action, which actually hurts their uh, ability to play in Primera División or in Champions League or something like that. No, no, no. Forget about it, guys. Nothing, nothing, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. <laughs> you, you pretty much said my thoughts. It's interesting because there's a conversation about this in our Discord channel right now. Um, and if you guys are listening to this are not in our Discord, you absolutely should get there. But there's a conversation in our Discord channel about like, you know, what's going to happen. And I just kind of chimed in with my two cents. What's possibly different about this is that it's not in La Liga's hands. Like, it's not in La Liga's punishment to give. Once the government gets involved, it could be different. But still, no. it's very fuzzy yeah. about what sporting punishment the government can actually give in this situation. You know, it could... They once you get into legal punishments and fines, I don't think I don't know how that affects them sportingly. You know, there's no point deductions and stuff that'll be handed to them. What might happen if they are punished on a federal level is La Liga just feels pressured to do something now because it's clear, like it's clear there's proof, there's proof of something. Look, Barcelona. Barcelona is so big and so important in Catalonia, and Catalonia is so important in the stability of any Spanish government, the region itself, that they don't want to open that uh, can of worms, man. They don't, they want, they want, it will be, it'll become a huge issue uh, for the, for the Spanish government and for, uh, for the stability of the Spanish government and, and, and Spain itself as a country, if they were actually going to enforce Barcelona to find any kind of disciplinary action, like playing in Segunda or, or that, it will not happen. It will not happen. They are so big in Catalonia that they will, I'm sure that the politi the Catalan, the Catalonian, Catalan politics will rally and support Barcelona with all their strength also because the voters want them to to do so and at the same time they don't you know if the catalan politics uh, decide uh, to do that it's uh, it's over and the spanish government will just not uh, open that kind of of worms it's impossible not, nothing will happen nothing will happen. yeah it seems unlikely honestly um that anything will happen you know, I certainly don't expect anything on like the Juve level in Serie A, for example, to happen. In no Spain. way, no way, no way. Um, do you want to discuss anything else before we wrap it up here? Mm, not really, just to give my concluding thoughts on what we were talking about earlier. I think it's extremely, I think the blame for Real Madrid's struggles should be shared uh, different percentages. 
to me, the biggest percentage should probably go toward the the second biggest should probably go to Ancelotti, and then the third also to some to some of the players. I will probably distribute it to. 50 for the ball, 30 for Ancelotti, 20 for the players. At the end of the day, the ball refused to see the struggles Real Madrid had in, in the champion in the incredible Champions League run they completed last season. The struggles were obvious and 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 glaring to everyone, even though it actually happened. So the board pretty much stayed put for another summer when we were all told that you know the fact that. Bale, Isco, Marcelo were leaving. That were was going to lead to some great and, and a new transfer policy, a new era for Real Madrid. The, the reality of it is that the team spent 80 million to send to Ameni and sold Casemiro for another 80 million. So that's it. To me, that's why the board should uh, probably have the biggest uh, uh, share of blame. Ancelotti is also... This some fair criticism as well of how he has been handling the roster. His decision not to play Ceballos Camavinga often in recent games is also obvious and, and glaring. And also, you know, we have to also consider that that it was kind of, you know, some of the drop off from the players was hard to predict and, and unexpected. So some of the blame should probably go to them too. I, it was probably unrealistic to expect uh, such a decline from Benzema. It was probably unrealistic to expect such a decline from Bajal. Even Vinicius not being able to, to sustain the form he had last season where he was so brilliant. You could also say that you know, Rodrigo was probably expected to take a bigger leap and all that. So... You know, it's also fair to to criticize some of the players, pretty much every single one of the the roster itself as a whole, as well. So I would probably distribute to 50, 30, and twenty. And and whoever thinks this is just the responsibility of one single entity of these three entities I just mentioned is probably wrong. I think the the blame should be distributed in in different ways because I don't think one of those three parts involved uh, is the main or the, the one and only responsible. Yeah, no, it's generally never um, one single person's or entity's yeah. fault. Um, it, it, there's always, it's the truth is always somewhere in the middle, but I, you know, from a board level, if we want to talk at, about it from that perspective, first and foremost, for putting everybody in this position, I think the they definitely overvalued or not overvalued. Yeah, overvalued or had yeah. un, unrealistic yeah, yeah. expectations of people like Carbajal, of people uh, even like Vinicius and Benzema for to demand that they sustain certain yeah. form, but also then in turn not have backup options that can be relied upon to give these guys rest if you wanted them to sustain it. I think there was there was a lot of that involved. You know, we had simple, more simple decisions like the idea, the ability to bring Fran Garcia back earlier. Yeah. Although that hasn't necessarily been a massive problem, only in part because Kamavinga has done well at that position from an offensive standpoint, filling in for Mendy. Uh, the right the right wing is more concerning. <clears throat> um, I will say one thing that I think has been underrated. To be fair, is that Rudiger has been a really important signing, I think. 
Yeah. When he's, you think about all the time that Alaba has missed this year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Rudiger playing well. Again, this calendar year yeah. specifically, Alaba's missed time and Rudiger's filled in because the alternative, I suppose, Nacho would have been fine, but Nacho's also had to fill in at the wing back position, um, which has been thin. And also, uh, is either that or basically Jesus Vallejo partnering Militao in these games, like Classico, like Atleti. And our defense has been great in these games. It's our offense that sucked, right? Um, yeah. So I think Rudiger has actually turned into a bit of an underrated yeah. signing uh, amid all this, despite the criticism he's received this season. He's been important. Yeah. Um, some housekeeping, Lucas, and for our fans, we have three shows back to back to back on patreon.com slash managing media. Tomorrow, Wednesday, we're doing a live Zoom call. You can hop on Zoom if you're a patron and just do a Q&A off the cuff session with me on Zoom. That's at 1 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. in Spain. On Thursday, Lucas and I are doing mailbag. You submit questions to us, we'll answer them. And on Friday, the plan is to do a Liverpool uh, podcast with some of the Liverpool guys. And that's also patreon.com slash managing Madrid. So make sure you're in on the action. And then on Saturday, we're doing a post-game show. So we got four podcasts in a row coming up. And three of them are on Patreon. So make sure you're a patron to get access to all those. Lucas. Thanks, man. I appreciate you. We'll talk on Thursday, buddy. Take care. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, guys. And before we wrap it up here and send you along on your way, we wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managingmadrid who do so much to support the show. Thank you guys for being on this journey with us and being a part of this ever-growing Real Madrid family. If you pledge $10 or more, not only do you get access to every single bonus content we do, And not only do you get guaranteed responses to your questions, but you also get a specific shout-out on the podcast. So shout-out to these $10 plus patrons as follows. Brandon Alvarez, Willie Reed, Will Sousa, Way Pairing, Wamik Jamal, Tobias Royal Botcher, Talib Salhab, Tahmid Kalam, Sushank Damala, Sujai Wani, Sumanchu Singh, Sheikh Atiri, Shamil, Shabal Sharapov, Sergio Arispe, Santos Solorzano, Samuli Justin, Samer Z. Said Mahad, Sai Mohan, Sasi Kumar, Saad Omar, Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Odiafari, Astro Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Muller, Nick Ribeiro, uh, and then we got Nelson Mazariego, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Adkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Stavronakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, J- Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Rantakiro, Frederick Sundros, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Connor McMorrow, Con P. Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Brandon Stevens, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armin Gashi, Armando L, Anirudh Singh, Andres Silvestre, Ananya Kumar, Alex Steiberg, Alex Rose, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Ramtin Magrur, Manaf Al Haddad, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. We love you guys so much. Thank you, and Hala Marid. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.